Thank you for tuning in to our podcast where we talk about high interest topics in finance. This episode, we're going to delve into a recent paper with a mouthful of a title, Worst Case Optimal Investment in Incomplete Markets by Sasha Desmetter, Sebastian Merkel, Annalena Mikkel, and Alexander Steinecke. Our goal is to untangle the complexities of this paper and make sense of it for you, our listeners, who may not be familiar with high-level financial math. So let's start with the introduction. Why would this paper catch someone's attention in the finance field? The focus of this study is on developing investment strategies that can perform optimally even in the worst-case scenarios, like market crashes. It takes into account the unpredictable nature of financial markets, termed as Knightian uncertainty. Let's talk about key concepts behind this paper. First up, we need to understand incomplete markets. These are markets where some risks cannot be fully hedged away due to limitations in how many assets you can trade. Exactly, Jen. Another crucial concept is the idea of worst-case optimization. It's a strategy where an investor prepares for the most unfortunate situation possible. The paper also introduces sophisticated tools like backward stochastic differential equations, or BSDEs, which are used to model scenarios where future conditions, like a potential market crash, influence current decisions. With the stage set and complex vocabulary like martingale, indifference strategies, and stochastic coefficients laying the groundwork, let's jump into the core of the paper, the methodology. The authors tackle the problem by separating it into post-crash and pre-crash optimization subproblems, creating a controller versus stopper dynamic. They use BSDEs to characterize the strategies that an investor might follow before and after a crash essentially helping them maintain a level of utility or satisfaction no matter what happens in the market. The results of the paper are noteworthy because they can characterize investment strategies in very general settings, including models with jumps and stochastic volatility. They've essentially enhanced earlier models that didn't consider changes in market coefficients. So, what does this mean in the big picture? Well, the implications for the field are significant. This work provides a rigorous mathematical foundation for constructing investment strategies in truly uncertain and dynamic market environments. Importantly, this paper's approach has been demonstrated to be applicable in well-known models like Heston's and Kim Omberg's models. Knowing that their research stands robust in these tests adds credibility. To wrap our discussion, the paper brings a compelling conclusion. It affirms the validity and robustness of its approach to defining worst-case optimal strategies in incomplete markets with stochastic elements. Our reflection on this paper. It's a significant stride in financial mathematics, providing investors with tools to manage their investments under extreme uncertainty, smartly and systematically. We hope this episode has given you some insight into the dynamic and complex world of financial market strategies. Thank you for joining us, and as always, stay invested in learning. Prepare for a splashdown in sound, folks, because this ad break will send your cosmic gardening dreams into orbit. That's right, Tom. Is your space station looking more drab than fab? Do your moon gardens moonlight as dust bowls? Fear not, spacefarers. Orbital Octopus Extraterrestrial Landscaping Lilted has the zero-gravity green thumb or should we say tentacle? With a squad of spacesuit-clad cephalopods, they're turning your lifeless living quarters into a Neptune's palace.
Imagine floating through your space habitat, surrounded by the tranquil beauty of interstellar kelp and Martian mangroves. Each octopus artist is a maestro of the cosmic seascape, crafting astral arrangements that would make Poseidon himself envious. Hate the hassle of space weeds? Their tentacled gardeners will wrangle rogue celestial algae with eight times the efficiency. And for a limited time, mention this podcast and get a free asteroid anemone with your first spacecaping session. Orbital Octopus Extraterrestrial Landscaping, bringing the briny depths of the ocean to the zero-G life. Trust us, you won't believe your eyes, because in space, no one can hear you scream with delight over your new garden. Welcome back to our podcast, lovely listeners. Today, we're going to deep dive into a fascinating study that looks at our choices in the grocery aisle. Isn't that right, Jen? Absolutely, Tom. We're talking about a paper titled, The Efficacy of Sugar-Free Labels is Reduced by the Health Sweetness Trade-Off. And for anyone thinking, what does that even mean? Stick around. We're going to explain all the complex ideas and findings in a way that'll make you the expert among your friends. But before we jump in, let's set the stage. The significance of this paper lies in its exploration of how sugar-free labels affect our purchasing decisions. It's an essential topic since we're living in times where obesity and diabetes are at all-time highs, partly thanks to our love for sugary treats. And here's where the key concepts come into play. The researchers used something called a becker de groot Marshkak auction to figure out how much people are willing to pay for sugary versus sugar-free items. Think of the BDM auction as a fancy bidding game where you reveal how much you'd pay for an item, which helps researchers understand your true valuation of that product. Another term they throw around is structural equation modeling. This is a statistical method that lets the researchers look at complex relationships between different variables. So, they're trying to get to the bottom of one simple question. Does slapping a sugar-free label on something actually make us want to pay more for it? And here's the core of the thing. Their research was incredibly thorough. They selected 60 real market products, 30 sugar-filled and 30 sugar-free counterparts, and had the participants bid on these items without knowing the actual cost. They collected heaps of data. This includes how familiar participants were with the product, how tasty and sweet they thought it was, and how healthy they believed it to be. Here's what they found. Sure, calling something sugar-free did lead people to see it as healthier and therefore potentially worth more money. But, and this is a big but, the same labels made those items seem less sweet and therefore less tasty. This negative association was enough to reduce the label's positive effect on what people were willing to pay. When it comes to implications and applications, this paper's findings could seriously sway how companies approach their packaging and labeling. It highlights the complicated dance between health perceptions and taste expectations. All right, let's wrap this up. Today's paper sheds light on the rather bitter truth that the sweet success of sugar-free labels is somewhat soured by our expectations around health and taste. And personally, I find it quite eye-opening. It's a paper that challenges manufacturers and marketers to reconsider how they position health-focused foods. And for us as consumers, it's a reminder that our biases can significantly drive our choices. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. We hope we've added a little sweetness and science to your day.
Are you tired of walking on a carpet that feels more like a black hole sucking the joy from your feet? Then it's time to launch those dingy rugs on a cosmic quest with Comet Carpet Cosmic Cleaning Co. Our star-studded service harnesses the raw cleaning power of the final frontier. Don't just vacuum, teleport that dirt away. Say goodbye to stubborn stains and pet hair nebula. Our Comet tail dusting technique will have your carpets sparkling like the Milky Way. And there's no need to fear the empty void. Our patented space cleanse guarantees your rugs return from orbit without any alien hitchhikers. So why settle for a mundane mop when you can blast off to Spotless? No spacesuit required. Call Comet Carpet Cosmic Cleaning Co. today and your floors will be astronomically awesome. Zoom your rugs to stellar cleanliness because when it comes to dirt, we believe in defying gravity. And remember, if your carpet's not becoming to you, it should be coming to us and then shooting straight to the stars. Contact Comet Carpet Cosmic Cleaning Co. now where the only thing deep as our clean is space itself. Welcome back to our insightful journey through economics, culture, and society. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today's episode is unlike any other, as we dive into the urban economics of migration in the cities of the Northeast region of Brazil. We'll discuss a paper by Denise Cristina Bomtempo from Universidade Estadual do Ceará, shining a light on international migration's role in shaping urban economies. Exactly, Tom. Bomtempo's investigation is groundbreaking. She moves beyond the individual migrant story and dives into how the space and territories themselves are dynamically shaped by these migratory patterns. Let's clear the way for our listeners, Jen, starting with the essentials. Migration is not a simple move from point A to point B. It's a complex process involving space, time, people, and a whole web of economic, cultural, and social interactions. That's right. Bomtempo uses a geographical perspective, one that doesn't just look at numbers, but at the elements constituting the territories and the spatial and social relations of those involved. She introduces us to the unique methodology integrating variable selection, indicators from statistical databases, and qualitative research to get closer to the actual migrant group. It's fascinating, Tom, and it allows for an in-depth look at the migrants' economic activities, whether they're associated with formal markets, informal activities, or capable of establishing their own businesses. Now, to make sense of it all, Bomtempo draws from the work of Milton Santos, and it's here we see the division of the urban economy into what are called the upper, upper marginal, and lower circuits. More simplistically, the upper circuit relates to large-scale activities, tied to technological modernization and monopolistic entities, often with an international or national scope. While the lower circuit is characterized by smaller activities focused on the local population, like traditional crafts or services, these two are interlinked yet distinct parts of the same system. Extremely insightful, Tom. Now let's bring in African migrants into this complex urban economy. Their economic activities span across these circuits, especially in the cities of Salvador, Recife, and Fortaleza. Right, Jen. They're tied to activities in sectors like construction, commerce, and exports, with Fortaleza being a significant hub due to regional development policies attracting investments. Importantly, Tom, these migrants are creating what Bomtempo calls the urban economy of migration in Fortaleza, which is shaping the city's economy through a mixture of African migrant investments and activities. And we can't miss the personal narratives here, Jen. 
Take Dio, for example, who is part of the lower economic circuit through street vending, or Joanna from Guinea-Bissau, incorporated in the upper marginal circuit due to her clothing business. These stories, Tom, show real globalization. Investors supporting each other and impacting the local and national landscapes, connecting the global south in unique ways. Absolutely, Jen. Bomtempo's research points to the need for a broader academic discussion on migration, focusing on the lived experiences of migrants to support inclusive, dynamic, and autonomous urban economies. Wrapping up, listeners, today's examination of urban economies of migration in Brazil's northeast cities provides a fresh lens to view the transformative impact of international migration. And with that, we've just scratched the surface of a deep and detailed topic. Thanks for joining us on this enlightening ride. We can't wait to bring you more complex and powerful stories on our next episode. Until then, this is Jen. And Tom, signing off. Keep thinking and questioning. We'll be back with more economic intrigue next week. Have you ever dreamt of swinging from the chandeliers with a group of acrobatic squirrels? Or showing up to work in nothing but a cape made of yesterday's newspaper? At Dreamweave Inc., your craziest sleep stories don't just disappear at the sound of your alarm. They're just the dress rehearsal for tomorrow's adventure. That's right, folks. Dreamweave Inc. captures your snoozes. To amuse. Using what must be alien technology. Because honestly, how else would it work? They extract your wildest dreams and turn them into live-action experiences you can actually participate in. Dive deep into the ocean on a seahorse race or dance in zero gravity with intergalactic jellyfish. Because who wouldn't want a jitterbug in space? So, if you're tired of telling your friends about the dream where you're the world pudding wrestling champion, and want to live it out instead, head over to Dreamweave. Don't just sleep on those weird dreams. Live them, because at Dreamweave Inc., sleep has never been less restful, but more entertaining. Welcome to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have something truly fascinating for our listeners, an in-depth exploration of the fresh and vibrant relationship between innovation and urban space. Yep. Specifically, we'll be diving into the captivating world of the localized industrial systems within the clothing industry in Fortaleza, Brazil. This may sound incredibly niche at first, but trust us. This topic has enormous implications for how we understand innovation and urban development globally. Absolutely. Let's start with the introduction. The paper we're discussing today focuses on the unique intersection where industry, innovation, and urban agglomeration converge. Correct. And why is this significant? Well, as the world grows more urbanized and economies increasingly global, understanding the dynamics at these intersections is key to boosting competitiveness and strategic advantages. The paper doesn't just look at technological innovation, but expands the concept to include other forms, such as process or organizational innovations. That's right. And these forms of innovation can lead to what are known as productive spatial configurations, which basically shape how certain production processes function within a territory. To give these concepts some real-world substance, the paper uses the clothing and apparel industry in Fortaleza as a case study. 
It highlights how Fortaleza has developed an LIS that displays significant organizational innovation. Through this deep dive, the paper aims to lay out a theoretical and empirical framework to decode the economic, social, and political variables in spaces where productive collaborations thrive. Moving to the core of the paper, the objective is clear. Interpreting how the dynamic forces of agglomeration alongside technology and ideas circulation can be organized to bolster competitiveness. The paper dissects the nature of innovations beyond technological advances, framing them as the result of collective learning and circular articulation within systems based on regulations, institutional initiatives, and so forth. Devouring this rich content, we come across key findings around the precise organizational tweaks in production and distribution that define Fortaleza's clothing industry, setting it apart as an example of industrial resilience. Now, if we examine the implications, these findings shed light on how innovations, even non-technological ones, can profoundly affect urban industrial systems, Fortaleza being the exemplar of this trend. And to wrap it up, the conclusion reiterates the key arguments and reflects on the significant inferences, such as innovation's broader relevance beyond purely technological contexts. Moreover, this paper challenges the oversimplified adulation of innovation, proposing a nuanced perspective on the instrumental role of spatial configurations in localized industrial systems. This has been a fascinating journey into the world of LIS and innovation within Fortaleza's unique urban landscape. As always, thank you for listening. Stay curious and keep exploring the complexities of our ever-evolving world. Are you tired of the same old tea time every day? Want to spice up your sips with a dash of history? Then you need to get your hands on the latest invention from Temporal Teacups Co. The teacup that takes you back in time. Imagine enjoying a cup of oolong with Cleopatra or a green tea with Genghis Khan. With our chronoceramics technology, every teacup is a time machine. Fancy a Victorian high tea? No need for a corset. Just pour and portal your way to high society, scones and scandals included. And our slogan says it all, steep in the moment, sip through the ages. Because why just read about history when you can drink it? Each temporal teacup is meticulously crafted to whisk you away to whichever era you choose. Just beware of the Tyrannosaurus Rex when sipping the Jurassic Java. Don't settle for boring beverages. Give your taste buds the tour of time with Temporal Teacups Co. and turn every tea break into a timeless adventure. Temporal Teacups Co., where history meets hospitality, one sip at a time. Visit us now and change the course of your coffee break forever. Now back to our regularly scheduled podcast shenanigans. Welcome to our comprehensive podcast episode on the fascinating world of financial markets and the cutting-edge field of machine learning. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we're exploring an incredibly insightful research paper titled Predicting Risk-Reward Ratio in Financial Markets for Asset Management Using Machine Learning. In today's world, financial markets are more volatile and complex than ever. Investors are constantly seeking better ways to predict market movements and manage risks associated with asset management. Exactly, Tom. Typically, analyzing these financial markets involves sifting through vast amounts of data, this is where machine learning can truly shine. But before we get into the details of our featured paper, let's set the stage by understanding why this research is groundbreaking in its domain. 
The paper we're discussing today is remarkable because it addresses a common issue in financial predictions. Many machine learning models can predict market trends, but often fall short when translating these predictions into profitable trading strategies. That's right, Jen. This gap is mostly due to the unpredictability of the profit and loss ratios, which can dramatically affect the outcome of trading strategies. The authors of this paper have introduced a novel algorithm that's designed not just to predict market trends, but also to estimate the profit and loss outcomes of trading activities. By integrating these forecasts with previous market trend predictions, their approach aims to enhance risk assessment and decision-making in algorithmic trading systems, which is a hot topic in asset management right now. And now, let's unpack some key concepts and terminology. Jen, what can you tell us about the core principles discussed in the paper? Well, they've focused on three main areas, regression models, classification models, and something called triple barrier labeling. Regression models in financial markets are all about predicting an asset's future price based on its characteristics. Classification models, on the other hand, predict whether the market price will go up or down at a certain point in the future. And triple barrier labeling is a unique approach that defines three barriers to determine a trade's outcome. If the price hits the horizontal barriers, they indicate a win or loss. If it hits the vertical barrier that's based on time, the outcome could be zero or decided based on whether the price is higher or lower than the starting point. This research gets even more fascinating when you dive into the simulation aspect, where the paper introduces various probable models to validate the trading strategies. Tom, the cool part is that they use an XGBoost model and a bevy of technical indicators as features to predict market direction and price changes. This gives them deep insights into potential trading outcomes. So much to wrap your head around, and we're just scratching the surface. The findings of this research could potentially change the game for investors, providing them with more accurate predictive tools to manage their assets. In our conclusion, we'll reflect on how this innovative method of using machine learning to predict the risk-reward ratio could transform the asset management industry. Stay tuned as we further dissect the research paper's objectives, methodology, key results, and the fascinating implications it could have for the future of financial markets. We'll also touch upon the author's reflections and the broader relevance of this work within the financial world. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and join us on this intellectual journey into the intersection of finance and machine learning. Are you tired of doing the deep space shuffle just to get your boots on? Want to step into your space stilettos with supernova speed? Look no further. Cosmic Cobblers is here to rocket your shoe game to the next level. Introducing the Meteor Shoehorn, with its slick anti-gravity curve, you'll slip into your kicks faster than light speed. And with the exclusive Stardust Sprinkle Coating, you'll be leaving cosmic breadcrumbs from the Milky Way to Andromeda. So no more floating in frustration or wriggling in your rockets. Get your feet star-worthy ready with Cosmic Cobbler's Meteor Shoehorn. Because why just walk when you can walk amongst the stars? Visit CosmicCobblers.com and step into the future of footwear. Your spacewalk strut will thank you. Cosmic Cobblers, out of this world service at down-to-earth prices.